Welcome to the People Powered Business Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Lee Billett. If you employ staff, engage contractors, or rely on people to help deliver your products or services, you're in the right place. Join us each week as we dive in to uncover what makes people tick, learn the best strategies and tactics to build an amazing team, and most importantly, discover how you, the business owner or leader, can unleash the power of your people to help create the successful business you deserve. Let's get started. Well, hello there. Welcome to episode number 77 of the People Powered Business Podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Christy Lee, and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. So fabulous to have you here, and I hope you've had an awesome week. And for our new listeners, welcome. It is wonderful to have you here, and I really hope you enjoy today's episode of the podcast. Now, don't forget, if you are enjoying the episodes you are listening to, I would truly, truly appreciate it if you would leave us a rating or a review over on Apple Podcasts. Just lets others know that this is a podcast that may be of interest to them uh, and lets us know that you're listening as well. So if you would love to do that, I would truly, truly appreciate it. Now, today on the podcast, I am bringing you a snippet from a longer interview I recently conducted with Warwick Jackson. Warwick is a chartered accountant at the Fox Group, and we conducted a very lengthy interview about the complex topic of employees versus contractors. Now, if you employ contractors in your business or engage contractors would be a better term to use, um, you may or may not be aware of the risks around doing that, particularly when a contractor is not in fact a contractor. And this was the first part of the discussion that Warwick and I had in this longer interview. So today is a snippet uh, of that longer interview. And in future episodes, I'm also going to bring you the remainder of that interview because we went through not only what is an employee versus what is a contractor, but we also spoke about the reasons that contractors can be a great way to grow your business and to help with business growth. And we also discussed the risks associated when you have someone as a contractor, but they are in fact deemed to be an employee. And this is a topic I am very well versed on. And even I was surprised at the length and complexities and seriousness of some of the risks. Um, So that's for a future episode, but today we're talking about when is a contractor not really a contractor. So let me tell you a little bit about Warwick so you know who it is that I'm chatting to today. Warwick is a chartered accountant and business advisor, and he has a passion for helping small business owners to increase profitability, cash flow, and quality of life. He really loves seeing small business owners grow their business and increase their profitability and, of course, improve their cash flow to the point that it delivers the amazing life for the business owners. Now, those of you who have listened to the podcast for any length of time will know that I share this passion of giving business owners freedom. My philosophy is that you cannot grow a business that delivers you both success by however you want to measure that, as well as the freedom you desire without a team. You can be successful and work 80 hours a week, of course you can, without a team, and be very, very financially successful. But... Do you get to take a day off? Do you get to take a holiday? No, you don't. That freedom piece, the being able to live the life you want, because no one got into business to work 80 hours a week, that's the piece that is really, really important. And Warwick shares this passion for being able to deliver that sense of freedom 
to business owners. He lives on the central coast of New South Wales, and when he's not doing his chartered accounting work, he's hanging with the family um, and also does love his sport as well. And he also has a podcast, and I'm going to put all those details in today's show notes for you. So as I mentioned, this was part of a much longer discussion. And so this is the first part of our discussion when we're really talking today about when is a contractor not a contractor. And Warwick walks us through from the accountant's perspective, from the ATO's perspective, very importantly, the characteristics and indicators that we're looking at to determine whether in fact we are engaging an employee or a contractor. So let's dive into this part of the discussion and welcome Warwick Jackson to the People Powered Business Podcast. Warwick, hello. It's great to catch up with you and chat to you today about employees and contractors. How are you? Yeah, I'm really good, Christine. Yeah, it's um, an interesting topic often misunderstood and, and uh, yeah. uh, a lot to run through. It's, it's a hot topic. Um, it's something I get asked about all the time. Uh, as I was just sharing with you, I often get asked about it a little bit late in the piece, which isn't ideal. And I'm sure you get asked this as an accountant as well um, when people are growing their business. And I think it's I think the reason we both get asked a lot of questions is it's it's a tricky area. It's a bit of a grey area. And I think a lot of people interpret what they read very differently and possibly don't have all the information. And, of course, we've got two different legislations in play here with the tax law and then the workers' comp and, and also and also resources. Payroll tax and HR and the Fair Work Act, and it's complicated. And people sort of seek one piece of advice and think they've got all the answers and they simply don't. So it's tricky and it's a complicated area. So I'm glad we've got you here chatting about it and giving your expertise. Um, So hopefully we can, in today's uh, chat, dispel some myths, get some real clarity for everyone and uh, dig deep into this confusing area. So yeah, let's look forward to it. Let's okay, go. Okay, let's go. So let's start with the basics. <laughs> let's let's define what we're talking about here before we get into the technical and the, the legal aspects. Let's look at firstly what is a contractor versus what is an employee. What what would you how would you define the two? What would your overview be of the difference between a contractor and an employee? Well and you probably asked the, the, the hardest question at the beginning because there Let's is go, no one yeah. there is no one legal definition, which is why it's such a, a confusing uh, as as you've referred to. So um, it's the, and there, there are subtle differences when we're talking payroll tax, workers comp, what the ATO deems an employer, which is part of the problem. But look, my, my view is look, a contractor offers a business ability to turn off and on its capacity and bring on non non core skills. Um, to enable completion of projects. Um, now, in terms of a de- definition, I'll just go with a contract is a business or individual that another business might get in to assist with the production of a uh, goods or service that is not an employee. And I know that that then becomes, a, well, what is an employee? <laughs> um, now, they usually, a contractor will usually negotiate its own fees, payment terms, working arrangements, method of work, have multiple clients at a time, et cetera. And I know one of the things we'll be talking about today is there's far more than that, but the, what are the indicators of a, bit, a contractor versus an employee? So mm. does that... Yes, I think that's a really good yeah, overview. I think 
I think one of the fundamental ways that I talk to people about understanding whether someone is in fact a contractor or an employee is understanding this element of control of the work and responsibility or ownership of the work, who has uh, ultimate responsibility for the work that's completed um, and who has control over how, when and where the work gets completed. Because if that's you as the business owner, if you're controlling who's doing the work, how they're doing it, when they're doing it, where they're doing it, and also all liability sits with you, then you're most likely, and we'll, as Warwick said, we'll get into this in more detail, but you're most likely looking at an employee where if you're not controlling how, when and where the work is done and the liability sits with the other individual or organisation, it's most likely, in most cases, a contractor arrangement. And I think that can be one of the simplest ways for people to at least start considering uh, contractors versus employees. Would you agree around that control piece? Yeah, most definitely. Um, you know, the if it looks like a duck and acts like a duck, <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, doesn't matter if it says it's a turkey; it's probably a duck, right? So exactly, um, and I think that's the thing. And we'll get into this, but just because someone says they're a contractor does not mean they're a contractor. Yeah, exactly. So definitely, um, are the the things that you outline, you know, the control, the payment terms, um, provision of equipment. Um, the, and the and the real the risk that you know yes. if it, if a job runs over time um, and you're you know, we'll probably or I'll probably use the, the the stereotype of a tradie um, a few times but if a job runs over time and the tradie is being paid a day rate and uh, he or she just goes out and does another four or five days and they continue to get paid for those four or five days well they're they're leaning towards being all other things being equal, being an employee because they're just getting paid for their time or their yes. their labour. Um, whereas if it's well, um, here's the job. It, it's twenty thousand dollars to install that retaining wall. Don't care how you do it, and if it gets done and you on Friday and you come back, you get a phone call on Monday saying it's fallen down. Well, whose whose job is it to go and fix it? At whose cost? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the, the, the risk of the job being profitable but also the responsibility for repairs and, and those sorts of things are another um, indicator of are you a, a contractor or are you an, an employee? And, and, and I guess uh, for many businesses uh, that are talking to their uh, maybe, maybe have already got people in place that say they're contractors, mm. uh, that might be a, an interesting way to put to the contractor or the the person that you're engaging and saying, well, hey, uh, are you being paid hourly rate to come out and fix this stuff or or can I expect you to go and do it on your own time and cost? And if they reply, well, well, no, you've got to pay me to go out and fix that, well, okay, well, you're now almost self-admitting you're an employee and we need to proceed on those terms and and therefore, you know, super withholding tax and maybe the, the rate of pay might be, lower because of all these other run costs. Yeah, exactly. So we've just alluded to some of these indicators of the difference between an employee and a contractor, and there are a raft of different indicators, and the ATO website is always my go-to resource. Um, 
to look at these and I point people towards this decision-making tool and this table that I'm sure you point people towards constantly. So let's talk about these indicators. So what are some of the other indicators? We've spoken about who bears responsibility or ownership for the liability of the work that's being completed. That's, That's one such indicator. What are some of the other indicators that we look at when determining whether this person is an employee or a contractor? Well, look, Control. Um, as you touched on earlier, uh, am I using a retaining wall example? Am I there saying dig the hole? You've got to be here at nine o'clock, and you've got to use this equipment. I want that that uh, material, those materials used, and report back to me every step of the way, kind of thing. Or is it, hey, retaining wall? It needs to be finished by the thirty first of August. You guys go and manage it in your own time, get on site, bring your own tools. You know, so the, the control over the actual doing of the job mm-hmm. is is a big one. Um, what equipment you're bringing. Um, if there's major equipment, um, you know, off, just bringing some miscellaneous hand tools like a shovel wouldn't necessarily make you. But if you're bringing um, some major you know, a, a, a dingo-type digging mm. equipment or whatever it is for the, the task, the bigger and, and more comprehensive that equipment, the more likely you are to be um, a, a contractor where the, you know, the, the provision of labour sort of a, is an add-on to the service rather than the core service itself. Got it. And this is where this labour piece is really tricky and interesting because especially in the tradie world, there's, this is where the confusion lies. Are you just engaging them for labour? But if the labour is a byproduct of all the expertise and equipment they bring with them, that's one of the determining factors. Yeah. So yeah. that's, again, who the quality, who who is the cost of the repairs, um, who... Um, and and who is uh, and ultimately is there any risk in that job? Again, you're being paid a day rate. Well, there's no real risk in the the job if it runs inefficiently and runs over time. So that, that's a, a real good one. Delegation is uh, another one of the the. So if it's like, um, hey uh, Warwick, I want you to dig that hole, and you're doing it, and you've got to well. And you can't get any one of your. You know, you've got to be the one to do it. Well, I'm probably the contract. I'm, I'm not a contractor. I'm an em- more more an employee of that person. Mm. Where if it's like, hey, Warwick, and then I go and get my crew yep. to go and do that job. Yep. Well, I've delegated that job, and therefore I'm leaning towards being a contractor rather than an employee. Yeah, and this delegation so, piece is something that people are often surprised about when we talk about this. Um, The ability to delegate work is one of the key um, indicators of a contractor. But a lot of people I speak to are are not only surprised but have some real challenge with getting (laughs) their head around this in that they're engaging someone to be a contractor and they expect the work to be done by that person. Is there, and this is probably jumping ahead, but I'm going to ask while we're here, is there ever a time that you can engage a contractor and it be that person specifically doing the task or as soon as you're putting that parameter on it does that become an employee look i, I don't it, it, it's not going to be the be all and end all yeah um, again one of a comes, number of things it's, it's and this again 
makes it so hard because all of the, the it's, there's no magic silver bullet that says you're in or out. It's just where on the spectrum you lie. Um, now, if it's like that person has to do it, well, that would that would pull them back from the extreme end of the the contractor spectrum. Mm-hmm. However, if they're wearing the risk, the quality, as we touched on, the 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 level of expertise, the the control about how they go about doing that job, they mm-hmm. might be the the specialist engagement, they, they can go and do it any way they like, whether they, you know, lay the bricks in a certain fact or whatever it is, that, yes. you know, that, that's, that's their um, their, their court decision on how they get the job done. Well, they mm-hmm. would all be tending towards back to towards being a contract, let alone even, you know, if there's major equipment being um, that's yes, required. Not. So mm-hmm. um, just because they say, well, no, I want you to do it doesn't necessarily make you... A, a an employee. Yeah, um, got you. Yeah, that's good. That's that definitely helps clarify that. Okay, so control, liability, equipment, delegation. Are there any other indicators we need to be keeping an eye on? Uh, well, the well, I guess the, the I've touched on risk and quality, and I just wanted to separate those two. So, yeah. quality would be well, who's wearing the cost of the repairs, mm-hmm. um, and in the example of the retaining wall falling down now or in, you know, a warranty period, mm-hmm. um, then that that's the quality side of it. But the risk is, well, who's wearing the risk if you've just grossly under-quoted on the job, um, whether it's underestimated, you know, you could be, um, if you're an employee, you kind of have no risk, right? You just get paid. Yep. Whereas if you're a, a legitimate contractor, you might, the job might go perfectly to plan in terms of you get it done in the required hours and time, but you've just grossly underestimated the amount of materials or the cost of the equipment that you needed to bring in. And if you're not, if you're wearing that cost yourself because you thought to hire the equipment would be two thousand dollars and instead it was thirty-two thousand dollars, well, that's that's on you. And yeah. you, you are, you know, employees typically don't go lose money going to work. No, but contractors um, sometimes do. Contractors sometimes <laughs> do. Um, and hence the, the risk has up upward risk where jobs go well and they can make more money mm-hmm. and downward downward risk where, you know, they can lose money. And and I guess that's um, – and I don't blame anyone for this. They, some people want to have their cake and eat it too where they, they want the upside of saying, hey, I want the higher rate mm-hmm. um, because I'm a contractor but then they don't want the downside risk of committing yeah. to a, a, a price on a job. Yes. Um, they just want the day rate. Yep. And so how do they, if they're walking that line, they're surely heading uh, more towards being an employee. Yeah. D- yes. Yeah, yes. Got it. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So, so that's, that's um, a good point. You can't have your cake and eat it too. You cannot want all the benefits of being a contractor, but none of the, challenges and risks of being a contractor it's, it's either it, you've got to be all in on that exactly and um and and i know we're going to talk and whether now's the right time but mm. the, using that contractor decision making tool yes yeah is, i think we can touch on that now because i think this uh, it really does go through a lot of these uh, criteria and characteristics that we're talking about doesn't it and that's that's a tool that and we'll put a link wherever you're hearing this you'll there'll be a link somewhere for you to click on to that tool it's a really simple tool to use, isn't it? Yeah, and it's 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 just uh, 
uh, and there's a couple of different ones, but from the main one that we would use is the ATOs. Yep. One, so if you, I think if you, and you'll put the link in uh, on the website, but the, the if you type in an ATO contract to decision-making tool into Google, it'll, yep. it'll pop right up. up. Yep. And you just pop it in and you just, okay, well, many people get a shock when they go through this decision-making tool and someone they've had as a contractor the last five years is actually <laughs> technically an employee. Um, but it'll just step you through. So type in the facts of it'll ask you a series of questions and eventually it'll get to a point where you um, it'll spit out this person is a contractor or this person is an employee. Um, yeah. And, that, and that's I think a, the good a really good place to start. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Because when you read the info on the table that's on the ATO website or anywhere else, you can get yourself caught up in interpreting it the way you want it to be interpreted, like everything. You read it and go, yeah, but, and so you come to a conclusion that gives you the answer you want to have. With this tool, it's there's very few questions in there that are a grey area. It's, it's pretty straightforward. It's a yes or a no, it's a black or a white. And in fact, I was on a call with someone just a couple of weeks ago and they were talking about their contractors and I said, I said they're not contractors, they're definitely employees. Um, and they told me they had advice from their account that they were contractors. And I said, I'm going to open up the tool and I'm going to walk through this together right now live because it was that clear. Um, and we just punched the data in and I said, I'm going to send you the screenshot. They are an employer. You need to fix this. Um, and we're going to talk about the risks if you don't fix it or if you made a mistake. We all make mistakes uh, a little bit later. But the tool makes it really nice and simple and black and white, doesn't it? Yeah, and super easy yeah. to do um it's like five minutes uh, tops. yeah exactly so the, the, and the compared to the risks that you're exposing yourself to that would be just about the best five minutes that yeah. you could do exactly um, even if you don't get the answer you want at least you know at the least truth. you're aware <laughs> and, and, and look you you and we'll run through the risks but the mm. even if you've had someone for maybe the last five years um, the fact that you've been doing it and getting haven't borne any consequences doesn't mean that that risk doesn't apply. Um, so, if as soon as, what I would encourage people as soon as they become aware of this, you know, go and do go and do for all the contractors you're using, go and do this exercise, and then if if there's an answer that is unexpected, as in they are not a contractor or appear not to be a contractor get some advice or at least take action to change how you're engaging people or or change maybe they you just start employing them from here on mm-hmm. um, and look don't don't stick your head in the sand and well it's been like this for five years well I'll, I'll continue doing this because that's just you just compounding the risk, this, compounding the risk um, and the greater amount of time that you can have where you're doing the right thing um, the the if there has been any sort of potential mistreatment in the past, well, it'd be great to have that in the as far in the rearview mirror as possible. So you exactly reducing less, those consequences. Less likely that you're going to get caught out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I hope you enjoyed that very informative chat with Warwick Jackson about. When is a contractor not a contractor? Now, if you are listening to this episode and perhaps feeling 
a little tinge of concern that perhaps you have a contractor who's not a contractor, the one thing I really encourage you to do is to not stick your head in the sand. I've had so many conversations with business owners in recent weeks, recent months, recent years, where they clearly have employees on their hands and they think that because it hasn't become an issue yet, that it's not going to become an issue down the track. And in a future episode, we will share about these risks, but they are significant and they're very, very financially burdensome. And the problem is once they uncover one issue, they tend to go snooping for others. It's just a minefield that you should definitely, definitely avoid. So if you're concerned, the first thing that I encourage you to do is go to the ATO website and work through the ATO's decision-making tool on this. Warwick and I spoke about this little tool in that episode that you've just listened to. What I'm going to do is put a link in today's show notes directly to that tool. Um, But if you go to the ATO website, it's very easy to find anyway. Just walk through the questions and answer them honestly, really honestly. If you answer them honestly, it's going to tell you in pretty clear detail whether you've got an employee or a contractor on your hands. If it's an employee, but you're engaging them as a contractor, just reach out and find out how to make that change. Contact, Contact us, contact your HR practitioner go to the Fair Work website, do what you need to do to make the change now because you're much better off making the change now than dealing with a bigger, bigger risk down the track. So that will be in today's show notes. And today's show notes can be found at peoplepoweredbusiness.com, episode number 77. So no need to panic if you think you may have it wrong, but it is a good time to make that change. Now, if you are interested in reaching out to Warwick or, in fact, listening to his podcast, then I'll put all the details in today's show notes. He is a chartered accountant with the Fox Group Chartered Accountants, and his podcast is called Get to the Contents. That Get to the Contest, I should say. And yes, that is a sporting reference for those playing along at home. So I really hope you enjoyed today's episode and you will find future discussions with Warwick, the rest of this interview in upcoming episodes of the podcast. In the meantime, I would absolutely love to connect with you outside of the podcast. And the best way to do that is for you to come and join us inside our free Facebook group, which is called HR Support for Australian Businesses. Now, again, I'm going to put that link in the show notes. So People Powered Business dot com episode number 77 but if you head over to facebook go to the group section and type in hr support for australian businesses you will find us right there come and join that group it is a little bit of fun um, and i do keep you up to date with everything and we have a weekly video training series in there every single week as well so i would love to connect with you over in the facebook group that is a wrap for today's episode thank you so much for joining me and i can't wait to chat to you again next week on the people powered business podcast have a great week 